Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for February the 20th in the year of our Lord, 2023. This is our one of two in the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, to do so on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we follow the supreme law of the land, the Constitution, complete with the brilliant checks and balances put in place by the founding fathers. Man, we still have that incredible check and balance solution at our fingertips. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to the broadcast. It is what, President's Day? That means, ladies and gentlemen, we should celebrate, uh, in my opinion, the presidents that obeyed the supreme law of the land. We should shame those who simply have violated the supreme law of our land. In other words, it should be the Hall of Fame and Hall of Shame Day. If you ask my humble opinion to which I'm entitled. Welcome to the broadcast. Hope you had a delightful weekend full of God, family, and country. That's for sure. Now, we have an incredible roundtable today. We'll dig right in. Dr. Scott Bradley's with us. Of course, his website's called freedomsrisingsun.com. He is well known for his collegiate series called To Preserve the Nation. It's a book and DVD lecture series set, all designed to help you get educated about the proper role of constitutional government, and the great restorative solutions that we all have at our fingertips. Now, Dr. Scott Rally is also the founder and chairman of the Constitution Commemoration Foundation. He's also the author, of course, as I told you, the book and DVD slash lecture series to preserve the nation. FreedomsRisingSun.com. Dr. Bradley, welcome back, sir. Well, thank you very much, Sam. It's always great to start the week and be able to see what's rolling at this time of the day, you know. And there's a lot cooking, I'll tell you that right now, because we have a guest. His name is Tom Hobbyland, and he's a freelance data analyst. Uh, He also works with well-known billionaire Steve Kirsch, and uh, they put together an incredible survey, which we're going to learn about in a second. But Tom has a lot of credentials, folks. Uh, He was in the military. He's a researcher. Uh, He documents what he works on. He has done something that I believe the government should have been doing all along, but they've failed, of course, so the private sector must get it done. Tom Hovland, welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Sam, thanks for having me on the program, and uh, hello to you too, uh, Scott. Nice to be with you. Let's learn a little bit about you, you Tom, before you, you came to the table and uh, did this incredible research study, which we'll get into in a minute. But tell us about Tom. Besides your military stint and everything else, who's Tom? Yeah, uh, in terms of my background, uh, I am a mathematician. I uh, got a bachelor's degree in mathematics from Ohio State. I have a a bachelor's in electrical engineering from Louisiana Tech University, a master's in uh, computer resources and information management from Webster University. I've spent 36 years in with the United States Air Force. Uh, I spent 20 years as an officer, retired as a major then spent 16 years as a defense contractor working side-by-side with the military on very cool aircraft like the F-16 Falcon, the um, F-22 Raptor, and even the F-117 Stealth Fighter. So I really loved my job and had a great time in the Air Force, but then uh, 
retired back in 2021 because I actually refused to take the COVID-19 vaccine when the mandates came out. Wow, Dr. Bradley, when the mandates came out, see, people think mandates are the rule of law, but the sad part is people don't understand the facts. They're not even in the right branch to make law. Uh, so you got the House, the Senate, right? That's the branch to make law, but you've got these governors on the state level with a similar three-branch structure of government. They all just pushed for these mandates without any authorization, Dr. Bradley. Let's start there. Well, it's so true. I mean, uh, mandate uh, a mandate is uh, pretend law. The Founding Fathers talked about that in the Declaration of Independence. The king had pulled that stunt on them, and they, they brought it to the forefront. It's uh, Tyrants do it all the time. One thing, though, that's mentioned uh, that I ought to probably, I don't know how many people know how many people were mustered out of the military. They wanted to be there. They had a career. They were doing what they wanted. And they got booted because of the, uh, you got to take the clot shot or you're going to be, you know, uh, kicked out. So they left. Well, I saw some stuff the other day, last week it was. There's uh, some of these uh, National Guard guys that got kicked out. There were tens of thousands of them. And now they're being told, oh, ah, you got to show up now in February, March at the latest. And if you don't, you're AWOL. And so they're they're telling these people. I mean, there is no keep hold. Uh, there's no uh, oh back pay. There's no uh, you'll be welcome to come back kind of thing. They are being ordered back to service by those idiots that kicked them out in the first place. And I'm just absolutely appalled, shocked, and chagrined. And by the way, the National Congress has been very remiss in their inability, or well, they could address it, but they won't. I mean, Article 1 tells them they can, but anyway, uh, they are not addressing the issue of those Really, tells want them to. they must if you want to be technical about it, too. I mean, they have to provide well, the guidance necessary with the funding that they've all allocated as well. Well, it's, it's just not that. that they, uh, You know, in Article 1, Section 8, Clause 14, Congress has power to make rules for the government and regulation of the land and the naval, land and naval forces. Okay, so they, they make the rules. And, and this mandate... Uh, asinine path that we've been down and with the Department of Defense and their stupidity I mean I guess I can't overstate that because it is beyond measure they have weakened the stance of the United States military we've been undermining that since I think well January 20th 1993 when Bill Clinton came in uh, the the military has been degraded and degraded and degraded so many times and we're we're wasting and wearing out our people in unconstitutional uh, actions overseas. We are uh, grinding out our equipment. We're sending our equipment to be, you know, captured in Afghanistan, billions and billions of dollars of, of the latest equipment. And then we send them to uh, Ukraine to be turned into uh, scrap metal. And uh, it's just absolutely absurd what we we're doing to the uh, readiness of our military forces and now adding insult to injury is this stuff about hey guys uh, if you if you don't show up here pretty darn quick you're going to be AWOL and subject to arrest uh really ladies and gentlemen this is unacceptable unforgivable tom you've been in the military for a long time what are your quick thoughts on this well actually uh sam and scott i actually left in pretty spectacular fashion because uh back in october of 2021 you know, Joe Biden came out with the mandates the previous month, September, 
<clears throat> but then we got an email. Uh, our, I'm at Wright, I was at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base working as a defense contractor. And a three-star general sent out an email to the base telling the military, the government civ civilians, and the defense contractors what dates they needed to get their shots by or else be kicked out. I wrote back an email to the general, to the three-star general, saying, you should be ashamed of yourself. You failed us. Instead of fighting for our right to choose for ourselves whether to get injected with an experimental vaccine, you spent your time trying to guilt us who are unvaccinated into getting the vaccine. Shame on you. And I didn't just send that email to the three-star general. I sent it to all 30,000 people at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, Ohio. Well, right past the largest single-site employer in the state of Ohio. So obviously I knew what was going to happen. I shamed a three-star general in front of the entire base. I got a call one half hour later from my boss, and I was fired from my $165,000 a year job for shaming the general in front of the entire base. But it had to be done, Sam and Scott. No, no colonels, no generals, nobody on the entire base was standing up and pushing back against these unlawful mandates. They were, they were wrong on two points. They were wrong morally for them to ask us to take an a, uh, experimental vaccine against our will. And by that time, there was also plenty of data out there showing the shots were failing. The shots have not, not only failed, they not have to actually mention the been failure. We're starting to get more and more understanding of this, Dr. Bradley, in terms of how bad it really is. Now the Florida Surgeon General issues health alert on the mRNA COVID-19, and I'm calling them, they're not vaccines, folks. They've changed the definition of vaccine to even make these qualify. What they are is gene therapy experimental. Uh, what do you want to call it, modalities or whatever you, word you want to use. Look, the safety of the American people, the safety of our military, this is a national security issue, Dr. Bradley. Oh, there's no question. And we have been, uh, as I say, degraded all the way across the, the whole board in every way, shape, and form. And by the way, if you look at the date, we're past the 30-year anniversary of Bill Clinton's inauguration. And so most of the military personnel, at the, even at the highest ranks, came in after bill was put in and that's and and i i'm confident there was a lot of bad things going on i mean i got an experimental vaccine oh it was march 6th 1970 uh when i improvised into a base against my will and uh it, it had deleterious effects on me i believe i'm still suffering from those deleterious effects but the fact of the matter is we have had buffoons and baboons running things for so long now that we think it's natural and normal. But but literally and truthfully, this is done with purpose. Uh, this is done off of a script. This is not just happenstantial. And, and we're, we're degrading the whole nation as we go through this process. And so I am completely, uh, I'm just frustrated to the core with what's happening. Amen to that. I had Tom, for his resignation. Tom, what are they, are they trying to force you back in? No, and I'm not sure I want to go back in and work with people who threw me under the bus. Amen to that. We'll talk with Tom Hobbyland and Dr. Scott Bradley more in seconds. I'm telling you, the research they've done is riveting and should call the whole nation to question what the heck is going on. This is the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Do you know what is great about America? Ask an immigrant. 
Ask an Immigrant is a new podcast dedicated to helping Americans, especially our youth, value, appreciate, and be grateful for the freedoms we have here in America. Join host Lydia Wallace-Nuttle as she interviews immigrants from around the world to discover their inspiring personal stories about why they came to America. To learn more about why America is the most prosperous, greatest country in the world, download the Loving Liberty app or go to lovingliberty.net. Small Business Tech Guys is a team of experts ready to assist you with any service relating to growing your business. Our team specializes in information and technology, social media, general consulting, and HR. We thrive on assisting startup entrepreneurs with growing their businesses. If it's small business, it's our cup of tea. To schedule your free discovery call today, consider sbtechguys.com. We keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. sbtechguys.com. Why does the left lie constantly? Because it gets spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the Lion of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. Ladies and gentlemen, some call it President's Day. I call it George Washington's birthday, ladies and gentlemen. Celebrated on the third Monday uh, in February. It's been going on for a long time, but sadly they're trying to obliterate that as they take away everything we hold dear. It's serious, folks. Serious indeed. But celebrate the real reason for the remembrance and the legacy set by General George Washington. Speaking of key figures in the military, you got General George Washington, who we celebrate today. You've got Dom, Tom Hobbyland, who literally told them to fly a kite. Shame on them. And they kicked him out of the military for it. He's a freelance data analyst. He's got degrees and a master's and everything else. Dr. Scott Bradley, PhD, with us as well. Uh, his website, freedomsrisingsun.com. Um, but look, People are wondering what's going on. This it doesn't add up. What the government's doing is hostile and has an agenda. And every time we look at the details of what they've done and what they're continuing to do to us, uh, we find, in my personal opinion, criminal activity to uh, create these mRNA shots, these gene therapies, to change the definition of vaccines to make them fly, then to create experimental vaccines. You're not allowed to do experimental vaccines uh, on the military for national security reasons, Tom. Absolutely correct. And you're right. At some point, my uh, battle against the mandates turned into a battle against the jabs themselves. I started seeing all these problems, uh, nasty side effects with the vaccines. It started uh, last uh, November, the week of Thanksgiving. A film came out on the Stu Peters Network called Died Suddenly. It's about an hour-long documentary, and about half of that film is devoted to embalmers seeing these strange white fibrous clots in their corpses. 
and it, what was amazing is at the 13 minute and 15 second mark in that movie, an embalmer from the state of Indiana, Mr. Wallace Hooker, was recently speaking at an Ohio Embalmers Association conference on 26 October of this last year in Columbus, Ohio. And during his presentation, he showed photographs of these white fibrous clots that he's been pulling out of his bodies for the last year and a half. And he asked a room full of 100 embalmers, he said, are you seeing these same clots? And almost the entire room of, of embalmers raised their hands, yes, they were. He then asked him, well, when did you start seeing the clots? And the whole room agreed they started seeing them about 18 months ago, which would put it back in the middle of 2021, about six months after the vaccines rolled out. So that's quite a coincidence, right? So I ran with that ball. I, I said, you know what? I, we need to do a survey, a nationwide survey, to see what's really going on here, right? To see, because there was only six or seven embalmers in that movie that died suddenly that said they saw the clots. So I wanted to do a survey, a nationwide survey, to see if, if there are more embalmers across the nation seeing the same phenomenon. The first thing I did is actually the next day after the movie, I called um, the Ohio Embalmers Association myself. I spoke to their secretary, Mr. David Hicks, their president, Mr. Dan Becker, and their vice president, Mr. Woody Wilson, and asked if any of the three of those gentlemen happened to be in the room at the time the 100 embalmers supposedly raised their hands saying yes. Unfortunately, none of the three gentlemen happened to be in the room. But the second vice president, Mr. Woody Wilson, said that, Tom, I'm seeing the white fibrous clots too. So he runs his own funeral home and embalming. Uh, he does his own embalming up in a little town called Marysville, Ohio. So when he said that, that, was, that put it over the top for me. And I said, hey, we need to definitely do a nationwide survey. So that's how the ball got rolling. So wow, the next thing Dr. I did, Bradley. Sam. Yeah, go ahead, Go, go ahead, Tom. I was going to say the next thing I had, like any good reporter, Sam and Scott, I have to answer the questions who, what, where, when, why, and how. The two questions I cannot ask are the who, because there's kind of a sanctity to the embalming room. You don't talk about the dead. Also, I realized the embalmers wanted to stay anonymous. They didn't want to identify who they were because they saw, you know, doctors out in, in getting their licenses pulled, their hospital privileges pulled if they said anything about the bad about and let me the stop you there tom not to interrupt but i want to say this is where the criminal activity is on this thing it's one thing to say hey you know what we really think there's a danger you should take a vaccine they can express their their view their opinion whatever but when they start forcing people to take experimental jabs pretending they're vaccines by changing the definition literally threatening people's professional licenses for telling the truth or standing up or testifying what they see and they believe now we've crossed into criminal territory Tom. Right on. So the questions I could ask in the survey were, what, are you seeing these white fibrous clots? When, when did you first start seeing them? Where, where on the body are you finding them? And then how much and what percentage of your corpses are you seeing these? So I worked with a real nice woman that lives in Northeastern Ohio and her name's Laura Kasner and she's an expert in Survey Monkey, which is the online survey tool that we used. Laura loaded my questions into Survey Monkey then the next uh, thing was for me to distribute the survey to as many active embalmers across the country as possible. So Sam and Scott, I took a two-prong approach to do that. I uh, found the uh, names of the presidents of the, of the 30 most populated states, state funeral director associations, and I emailed the survey to them with a link you know, to the survey right in it. So they can just click on it. It's only, it only takes about three minutes to take. And I asked those presidents to please farm that email with the link to the survey down to the hundreds of funeral directors and active embalmers that are in their particular state. 
And then also, and let's be very clear approach, before you go I, on. So the reason for yeah. Survey Monkey, ladies and gentlemen, is because it lets people just simply click on it and take the survey anonymously. Tom doesn't know who said what, and, and Survey Monkey is what makes that. Um, um, I don't know what you want to call it, secret balloting or whatever you want to say, secret survey take place. Anonymous survey occur, right? That's correct. That, actually, there's, a, there's an IP tracking feature in SurveyMonkey, but you can turn it off. And we promised the, the involvers that we would turn it off for them. So our first question, the survey actually asked them what state they're from. That's all we know about them. We don't know. We couldn't tra could not track it back to the IP address of the computer. So we, we, and the only we reason we want to know promise. which state is because we want to see if there's regional patterns, people. We don't want to track it down to That's the embalmer and, and break anonymous um, reporting. What we do want to do, though, is understand, is this happening a lot more in certain places? Maybe where vaccines were rolled out or maybe back batches of vaccines. There's a whole lot of downstream data we can gather, Tom, is the point. That's correct. Unfortunately, we, we did not get enough responses, Sam and Scott, to the survey to, to, to really determine one way or another where there was any regionality. But from what I could detect, there was not any because we did. There was embalmers from all corners of the country that said they saw the clots, and then those that said they did not. There was also we now, also let me, let me tell you really quick why that's important. Sorry to keep interrupting, but I really want to get people to understand this. The reason that's important, folks, is it isn't just a bad batch they're tracking. Okay, it would be regional or maybe a state or maybe a certain time frame. Uh, the bad batches they're seeing this all over the country consistently all the time with people that have taken the vaccines and that have died, and there's this correlation across the country. So it can't even be, uh, you know, oh my gosh, there was a bad batch or something, Tom. They've lost that argument already by the fact that you didn't have those anomalies. Yeah, well, yeah, but uh, like I said, our, our survey probably did not get enough responses in order to make a determination one way or the other. But uh, what we were able to do, you know, we got the response to the survey. We got 128 responses, Sam and Scott, and of the 128 responses we got to the survey, 88 of the embalmers that responded say, said they are indeed seeing these white fibrous clots. That's 69%, almost 7 out of every 10 embalmers saying they are indeed seeing these white fibrous clots in their corpses. So that's pretty shocking, right? So the next question I asked them, the critical question is, when did you start seeing these white fibrous clots? And I listed the years 2018 through 2022 on the survey and asked them to select all of the years where they saw these white fibrous clots. We, uh, 2018 and 2019 were on there as control years before COVID. So we didn't expect to see many, if any, answers there. And that was true. We got very few responses saying they saw the clots in those years. 2020 was on the survey, obviously, as a year that we had COVID, but no vaccines out yet. And then 2021 and 2022, as years where we had both the COVID virus and the vaccines out. And the, the main consensus of the embalmers responding to the survey is that the white fibrous clot started in the year 2021 and then continued into 2022 and to present day. So after the rollout of the vaccines. Uh, the other important question we asked was, what percentage of your corpses are you seeing these white fibrous clots in? Here's where we got some really shocking data, Sam. 57 out of the 128 embalmers, that's about 44%, said they're seeing these white fibrous clots in at least 20% of their corpses. There were 23 embalmers that responded that said they're seeing the clots between 21 and 40% of their corpses. Another 23 embalmers who said they're seeing these white fibrous clots between 41 to 60% of their corpses. And even 10 embalmers that said they're seeing these clots between 61 to 80% of the corpses they're embalming. Can you believe that? 
Ladies and gentlemen, this is shocking uh, because it's it's how much you're seeing it. Uh, then the questions start to get a lot more finite, like, well, is it the people that are in the lower groups, the 20 to 40 percent, you know, kind of range compared to the higher groups? Is it that some spotted them earlier and were aware of this earlier and so they are more paying attention? Are some of these people just finally realizing or spotting this? Is word spreading by mouth about what the heck are you seeing in the embalmer community, etc.? There's a lot of discussions to have about this. When we get back, Dr. Scott Bradley is going to take it away. And he's going to talk to Tom in more detail about this incredible survey. Close to 90 embalmers. 69% said they're seeing them, folks. This is very strange. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Lance Prime. President Biden was supposed to be leaving Washington this evening on a trip to Poland. Air Force One actually departed Washington on Sunday and has made a surprise visit to Kiev, Ukraine. Everybody, women, young children, trying to do something, just trying to do something. Pulling people out of apartments and being shelled and literally, I think, is war crimes. A record was broken in the NBA All-Star Game last night. Team Giannis defeated Team LeBron 184-175 to in the 2023 NBA All-Star Game in Salt Lake City. Jason Tatum set a new All-Star Game record with 55 points to lead Team Giannis to his first win over Team LeBron in three tries. Tatum on setting the All-Star scoring record while winning the Kobe Bryant MVP award. You know, to, to be able to wear my signature shoe today and and break the record and, uh, you know, take home this award of somebody that, you know, I idolized. LeBron James and why he didn't play the second half. And I uh, tried to get one little chase down block and got my finger caught in the rim. Uh, but I'll be fine. Though. I'll be fine. I don't think it's uh, too much to worry about. But uh, for precautionary reasons, just had to, you know, just take the rest of the night off. I'm Julio Flores. Google goes before the U.S. Supreme Court this week to defend what is widely regarded as a pillar of the online community. The law at issue, known as Section 230, gives Internet platforms legal immunity from almost all third-party content hosted on their sites. A decision to limit that immunity could change the business model of the Internet's biggest companies, especially social media platforms, Instagram, TikTok, Google's YouTube, that rely heavily on recommendation algorithms. Today is President's Day holiday. Federal government offices are closed as post office, public libraries, schools, and most government offices. This is USA News. Hearing my cat purr good morning mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, they mean even more. I take Ibrance, Palbocyclib. Ibrant's 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for adults with HR positive HER2 negative NBC as the first hormonal based therapy. Ask your doctor about Ibrant's and visit Ibrant's.com. Ibrant's may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrant's may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrance, tell your doctor if you have fever, chills, or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. 
Okay, so there's plenty of discounters out there that they use to kind of put you in the box and say, oh, well, we don't need to listen to you because you're a conspiracy theorist, okay? Everybody that uh, has ever considered the idea that there might be something going on beyond the official narrative is somehow labeled to be a conspiracy theorist. And uh, they, they have this great joy in trying to put you in a discounted category, okay? And uh, those of us that I, I have, uh, maybe it's because I'm vocal in my position on a lot of things, a lot of people contact me and talk about different subjects that, that are often labeled as conspiracy theorist things. I personally know, uh, I, it's a countless number, well, I guess countless is infinite, but the, but the point of the matter is gobs and gobs of people that have had adverse reactions from the, the death jab, the clot shot, all those kinds of things. And so here we have uh, another discounter, and it's called Anecdotal. Oh, it's a, an account that's not necessarily true or reliable. It's, it's based on personal account rather than facts or research. And Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know somebody that died when, when uh, they got the shot, or you know somebody that got the shot and their life has been a miserable um, condition of, of one malady after another that's been life-changing, in fact, oftentimes life-threatening in and out of the hospital and all. Oh, it's, it's just you. You just know this person. It's an anecdotal thing. It's a personal account. There's, oh, no, there's no research. Well, first of all, let me say, there has been an inordinate amount of effort to make certain that no research is done in these areas because they take away doctor's licenses. They take they, these uh, uh, funeral directors have been worried about that kind of thing, so they hate to be go public on it. There's all sorts of issues where they, they put risk for people that decide they're going to do, do a, some kind of, you know, research stuff. And here we have a guy, Tom, here. He's a mathematician. He's a guy that understands these uh, statistics formulas and all this kind of stuff. He knows how to put out a, a uh, survey that um, allows him to gather data in a research-type base and on facts. And so here I think we're going to see more and more people like this, ultimately, that have the courage to step forward and do a true uh, you know, research, double-blind studies on some things. We never did that kind of stuff on the, the clot shot. But, Tom, I have to take my hat off to you, but I hope that this information gets spread far and wide. We've been tracking these clot uh, uh, incidences since every the, almost the very moment that these shots started coming out. One of my neighbors, for example, a young man, 19 years old, received it, and he had... The doctors themselves said there were countless blood clots in his body, uh, centered an awful lot in, in his lungs, and he has uh, all sorts of deleterious effects on all of this kind of stuff. But no, 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 nobody will say, no, no, there's a, no this, is, this is just a story that I heard. You can't say it's real. So, Tom, I'm, I'm wondering, where is this being published? Is there anybody, how do they get their hands on it? I mean, can they, can it be sent out, newspapers could quote it? I mean, where's it going into the public so we can start saying, oh, no, this is not anecdotal. This is, this is real scientific research. Yeah, a couple of places. Uh, one is um, there was a, a good Substack author named a Midwestern doctor, who a few weeks ago wrote a very nice article featuring the results of my embalmer blood clot survey. So people can go on 
and uh, Google that a Midwestern doctor and go to his Substack and uh, find that article. Also, uh, multimillionaire Steve Kirsch, like I said, he has the Vaccine Safety Research Foundation. Um, Steve has the results of the study as well. So there are people out there, and, and going on shows like yours is what I'm trying to do you know, to get the to get the word out there, Sam. Because you're right, there's a the mainstream media has done a very good job of kind of squashing and, and, and quelching any problems with the vaccines. You mentioned clouding earlier, Dr. Scott, and you know recall that the uh, Johnson & Johnson shot was pulled shortly after it was put on the market, and they did a pause of it in uh, April of 2021, a brief pause because of clotting problems, particularly in uh, young women and pregnant women. And then, strangely enough, they brought it back for about a year or so. And then in early 2022, last year, they finally did pull that shot permanently off the market and told people if you wanted any more, you'd have to go to get the Pfizer or the Moderna. So they knew when they rolled these things out, there was a problem with clotting. And uh, so it's not a, it shouldn't be a shock to, to any American that there's, there's clotting problems with these vaccines. The, what we're looking at here in the terms of this survey, though, is are these white fibers clots or something totally different than clots that have been seen previously? And we made sure that was uh, evident in the survey instructions. Embalmers for a year have been seeing what they call chicken fat clots. They're yellowish in color, smaller, and they tear very easily. These new white fibrous clots that the embalmers have only started seeing in the last year and a half or so after the rollout of the vaccines are white. They're really tough. They're large. Um, and they're, they're, they're much more dangerous than the traditional grape jelly clots. That'll, when you take those out, you can, uh, an embalmer can just dissolve those in their hand, just like you would grape jelly. So you know, I'm, we're talking I'm about something completely different here. That, you know, we, we've heard an awful lot about these sinewy clots. Uh, they really aren't blood clots. It's almost like they're a synthetic or a, uh, some kind of foreign material uh, that has somehow gathered together and, and created these kind of things. Has, has anybody that you've had any interaction with in, in your discussions uh, talked about an analysis that's been done about what these uh, sinewy, tough, fibrous kinds of things are uh, constructed of? I mean, is there anybody that said, oh, yeah, we've done an analysis on that. And yeah, here's what we've got to back up are. and do an autopsy to kind of drill into the details. Right, Tom? Yeah, they have to, they've since uh, one of the uh, gentlemen that was in the died suddenly film, Mr. Richard Hirschman, he's a trade embalmer in the state of Alabama. He's uh, featured in the film and he collected little vials of the clots. He sent off some of those to some different, he sent them off to Dr. Ryan Cole, the, the famous pathologist. He's also sent them off to uh, Mr. Mike Adams to have them have him look at in his laboratory. They determined the white fibrous clots do not contain. Hold on, did you say Mike Adams? Adams is Mike Adams, Texas. Yeah. You know him, Sam. Yeah, we're talking about Mike Adams, though, right? Yeah, you know Mike. Uh, see, he's correct. a health ranger. Health ranger, as yeah. you know that. So the That's reason correct. I bring this up is you are syndicated on his radio network right now, just for your FYI. <laughs> That's why. Okay. Well, uh, the clots, the white fibers clots contain very little iron, magnesium, or potassium, which are very prevalent in high amounts in normal blood. So we know it's not blood congealing after death. The theory that's out there, one of the main theories is that th these clots are being formed by um, amyloid proteins. Now, there were some of the embalmers it, that answered our survey that said they saw these white fibrous clots starting in 2020, the year that we had COVID but no vaccines yet. 
And the, the theory there is that the, the COVID virus itself has a spike protein on its surface. And the spike protein on the surface might be leading to the formation of these amyloid proteins, which are basically misfolded, misshaped proteins. And they, they become hard to break down because they're misfolded. We all have an uh, enzyme in our body called plasmin, and plasmin is uh, used to break down normal clotting that occurs inside our blood vessels whenever there's damage. But if the protein is misshapenly folded, it becomes difficult for that enzyme to attach. And then those, those uh, misfolded proteins, those white fibrous clots, tend to persist and grow larger. So what I think is happening, what other doctors uh, may think is happening as well, is that in the year 2021, with the introduction of the vaccines, that, that effect got supercharged. Because if you remember, the shots were supposed to stay in your upper arm and uh, elicit an immune response for only a, a yeah, couple of days. Yeah, and it wasn't supposed to go so. anywhere but the injection site, right? That's right. We know that's not what happened. The spike protein goes all over your body, turning your whole body into a spike protein factory. And then instead of lasting just for days to a week or so, they've found that mRNA doing its thing for months after it's been injected. So that's my theory and, I, and some theories of doctors that are out there is that the with the advent of the vaccines, it supercharged the formation of these white fibrous clots. Now that, that brings up the question... In the year 2021, that brings up the question that I have, though. You mentioned that, you know, a lot of your questions related to where in the body are we seeing this? Is it really just consecrated or concentrated in the upper arm? Where, where are you finding uh, no, all these uh, strange clots? Yeah, the, the embalmers, uh, they answered that particular question. There was two main injection site points that embalmers use. The first main injection site point, their favorite, is the uh, carotid artery in the neck. And that's not surprisingly where they found most of the white fibrous clots. Remember, they're flushing fluid through the body. And if a clot's going to pop out, it's going to pop out basically at the injection site. It may not have been where the clot was initially, but that's where it's coming out. And then the second most uh, common point is the uh, iliac artery down in the pelvis region is their second uh, favorite injection site point. That goes My then point down is neither the of them are the arm, the which is where you should see them. And, and you know... They shouldn't be uh, leaving the arm site. In fact, they shouldn't even have continued. They're supposed to stay in the arm injection site and then dissipate and literally go away. Um, hey, can you skip the break real quick? This is too good. Tom, so I I'm just <laughs> saying, look, how look. this is supposed to just uh, be in the arm and then kind of dissipate or de biodegrade kind of an idea, right? Right, yeah, the vaccines, yeah. And... I from what I understand, they, they should not have been surprised that the, that the shot did not stay in people's upper arms, that, 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 that the vaccine was going to travel all over the body. So I'm not sure how faithful they were when they, gave, when they said that it was just going to stay in your upper arm. But uh, that definitely has caused the problem. Uh, if, if this amyloid protein theory is correct and, and is being caused by the vaccines, and you know, temporarily there's strong indication. I have to say that the correlation is not necessarily causation, but the fact that the shots came out at the beginning of 2021, and then these white fibrous clots started appearing about midway through that year, seems suspicious, right? <laughs> Very suspicious. Yes, but is, is there any other possible explanation of what could make this clotting happen if it's not the vaccines? That's kind of another interesting idea is that, Hey, scientists and doctors and embalmers and researchers and data gatherers like you and everything. Look, is there any other explanation that could come to the table that would justify uh, or kind of explain this strange reality being seen by all these people? 
Well, with the exception of the COVID virus itself, which we talked about earlier, which has its own spike protein on the surface, you know. So I think those, I, I cannot think of a single other variable other than those two things, the COVID virus with its own spike protein and then the COVID-19 vaccines, which turn your whole body into a spike protein factory. So, so it, then the it, next it appears step to me would, that it's being caused be by spike see, protein. The next step then would be, though, to see who has been vaccinated versus who hasn't. Um, that relates to who people are seeing. Uh, the problem is we've got probable cause now, a very big concern, uh, but we don't have factual drilled down data. The only way we can get that is with autopsies. Uh, the only way you can get that, as far as I can tell, is by having data about who's been vaccinated and not um, when they die and what they died from first, and then the autopsy data. Uh, is that right, Tom, or how else can we know? Yeah, yeah. If Well, one of the embalmers that was in the film died suddenly. Another one, her name's Anna Marie Foster. She runs a funeral home in Missouri. She has said that when she does uh, her embalming and she finds the white fibrous clots, she always asks the family of the deceased if the person was vaccinated or not. And she has said, without exception, when she asks that question, they say the person was indeed vaccinated. So for her, it's a 100% it's match. When the person has the clots, it's, they've, they've been vaccinated. One of the other interesting things, gentlemen, at the end of my survey, uh, we did allow the embalmers to, uh, we gave them a comment section in case they wanted to talk a little bit more about the white fibrous clots. And as I said earlier, we tried to keep the survey as unbiased as possible. Nowhere in the survey instructions or in the survey questions do I ever mention the words COVID or COVID vaccine. Remember, all I asked them is, are you seeing the clots? When did you start seeing them? Where on the body? And, and what percentage of your corpses? That's all I asked. Never talked about the vaccines. But despite that fact, we got 42 responses uh, in the comment sections from the embalmers, and quite a few of them talk about the vaccines. So it's obvious they have their own opinions about, about this. Would you like me to read a couple of them to you? By all means, sir. Okay. Here's one from the state of Alabama. I've seen clotting coming from most any points of incision. I mainly embalm in the common carotids, and I've seen many white fibrous clots about the time the vaccine came out. I've seen an increase since COVID for the jelly clots as well. Remember the grape jelly clots we talked about earlier? Here's a, here's a naysayer comment, gentlemen, from the state of California. I've never seen any white clots or any increase in grape jelly clots. I'm not sure what you're getting at. Do you believe this is vaccine related or something? I've embalmed over 500 people from 2020 to now, and I've never seen any of this. Here's one from even Ohio. He may, he, by the way, even he made the connection to the vaccine, which is rather <laughs> interesting that these super sensitized individuals that are apologists for everything the official narrative has been are even trying, uh, even when you haven't even planted a seed of, uh, shall we say, wonderment in anybody's mind, they're going to that knowing, oh, by golly, i got to make sure I discount this as much as yeah, I can. Yeah, I think you should write back and say, we were thinking it was Twinkies. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it did sound a little defensive, didn't it? Like you say, I, I didn't mention the vaccines at all, so that's in his own head. But it also shows that I did keep every answer I got, gentlemen. Uh, I depended on the embalmers to be truthful and give us their honest uh observations of what they're actually seeing. I did not throw any answers away, whether they were pro or con. Here's one from the state of Ohio. People were COVID confirmed had bad grape jelly clots. It was early 2021 when we started seeing the white fiber structures being pulled out of both veins and arteries. And here's another point, gentlemen. 
uh, embalmers for years have been pulling uh, clots out, you know, the normal clots out of their the veins of their of the corpses. But very, very rarely do they see a clot in an artery. But in the case of these white fibrous clots, the embalmers are really starting to find these now on the arterial side as well. In fact, this one says, prior to 2021, we never pulled a clot from an artery. I pulled a white fibered structure from the right common carotid yesterday. You know, I'll it's interesting. Here. Yeah, yeah, ahead, I was just going to say, while you're gathering those, I, I, I'm a little... See, here they use the superhighways, you know, the carotid and the, uh, you know, these, uh, the different high flow centers. Yeah, arteries, not veins. All right, arteries and veins. Wherever you're taking these guys from, they're normally the superhighways. You know, this is the gathering point. But I have to wonder if there's not some secondary traveled roads, if you will, in the circulatory system that they, they normally don't. Uh, you know, access those because they're trying to get all the fluids out of the body and all that kind of stuff. But I'm just wondering how widely spread some of these things may be on lesser traveled areas, and uh, these may be causing uh, challenges for people, if not death, at least other challenges for people. See, I I think, you know, it's uh, people should not get the assumption, oh, it's just on these super highway, you know, uh, vascular systems. I kind of suspect they're out there causing difficulties elsewhere too have you heard yeah, or seen point, anything like that your point dr bradley before he answers the question though hey this thing we were first told it just stayed in the upper arm as tom highlighted but now we're seeing it everywhere in the body it affects every organ it crosses the blood brain barrier it, it translates from mothers to babies through milk it it's literally it crosses every boundary tom blood transfusions think about that for a minute yeah. guys Holy Hannah. But Scott, yeah, Scott, you're right. Uh, from talking to Mr. Richard Hirschman, the embalmer from uh, Alabama, you're correct. Uh, not only are they seen in the main uh, arteries and veins, also the tributaries going off them, and then there's even uh, evidence of microclotting at the capillary level. So the, in other words, you're getting bad oxygen exchange or no oxygen exchange uh, because of blockages occurring in the blood. Mr. Richard Hirschman's talked a lot about how he's seen... He looks like the composition of the blood itself has somewhat changed since he started uh, since 2021 when the when the vaccines came out. So this is alarming because it's it's uh, not it's more than just the main uh, tributaries. It's also uh, getting down into the like I said into the microclotting level as well. Here, in fact, here's a, a comment from Missouri talking about the tributaries. It says the clots almost look like large nightcrawler worms. They are usually very long. They kind of branch off the main clot. I don't know if you've seen the movie. When they pull the uh, clot out, sometimes it'll be uh, it'll be a, like a main line you know, of clot, and then you'll see stringy strings coming off of it, almost like those you know those strings were in the in the uh, the tributaries going off of the main branch. So yeah, it almost is as if the clots take the actual shape of the veins and arteries themselves, right? And and any tributaries branching off of them. This person said, I've been embalming for 13 years, and I've only started seeing these clots for the last year or two. I'll read you two more. This is from Arizona. Here's another naysayer one. I've seen zero changes to the presentation of human remains in the last few years. It is clear that this is a poor attempt at farming anecdotes to malign the COVID vaccine. Please don't do this or claim that anonymous survey data 
is any sort of substitute for rigorous scientific research. I, f I found that interesting, an interesting comment. Not only did it sound somewhat defensive, but he's also saying that uh, my survey, don't, you know, it's not a substitute for rigorous scientific research. Well, what's research? I'm a private citizen, and I'm the one that had to take it upon myself to do this survey because the CDC and the FDA and Big Pharma were not doing it. Who else is doing the research? Well, and I got a question. Don't we, the American people, have the right to bring probable cause to anyone, anytime, anywhere? Isn't that the American way? Amen. No, Amen, Sam. You can only trust the experts, Sam, the ones that are anointed by the establishment. Don't, uh, don't go off tangent, Sam. I mean, the, the, the buffoons and baboons, <laughs> like I say, are running the show right now. Holy cow. Well, so here's my next question then. What's the next level with this research study? I think it's beyond debate um, that they're seeing this. It's beyond debate that the naysayers are super defensive because I'm saying that we were thinking it was Twinkies that caused it. You know, they changed the Twinkie recipe. You remember this, right? <laughs> oh, there's got to be a cause. This? They had a Twinkie recipe that was the case for years and years, and then they recently changed it. Because Twinkies, you know, got, got shut down because they were about to, you know, have the big old BK. And then they brought back Twinkies with a slightly modified recipe. And I think that's what's causing all these blood clots. I think these naysayers are just out on a bender for some strange, weird reason, Tom. I'm, I'm going with Twinkies, personally. I'm glad I haven't had a Twinkie for probably close to 60 years. I'll bet that's been at least 60 years. So there you go. Look, look, this is absurd to debate this. Why don't we look at the data as it is and say what's going on? We're not here to debate if it's Twinkies or vaccines or anything else. We're here to say this strange stuff is appearing. It's not normal. It's not natural to the body. It hasn't been seen ever in history except for recently. What accounts for it is the question. And anybody with any opinion is irrelevant. Let's get facts, Tom. Right. And that was the intent of my survey was to bring it to the intention, uh, attention of those who need to look at it. First of all, like it's, I'm trying to get the word out like, you know, on as many shows as possible, like yours, Sam. Secondly, uh, last month in, in January, I submitted the results of my survey to the FDA. They had a meeting back on the 26th of uh, January, a vaccine safety meeting, and they had an hour set aside for public comments and where they had 20, they, you could be one of 20 speakers that got three minutes to speak. So I condensed my talk down to, into a three-minute presentation Unfortunately, I was not selected as one of the 20 speakers. They had more speakers than they had slots, so they did a lottery. I did not get selected. But I did submit my all of my results of my survey in written format to the FDA, and I have a tracking number for that. So they cannot claim they didn't receive it because they received it, and they sent me back a tracking number with the, uh, f you know, so they have a, the written package of my survey results. I've also been in touch with, uh, there's a gentleman, he's a U.S. House of Representatives uh, Mr. Brad Wenstrup, he's in the Cincinnati area. He happens to be the chair of the U.S. House uh, Subcommittee for Oversight on the Coronavirus Pandemic. So he's the new chair of that committee. So I've sent this information to him as well and asked him to, you know, present it on the floor of the House and then also at the, at the Oversight Subcommittee that he chairs for the pandemic. So I'm trying to get it into the hands of important people in our government uh, also, you know what like we, we need to do? We need to get this to FDA. Rand Paul, and Rand Paul needs to go ahead and just start uh, discussing this on the Senate floor with Tony. Did you get, if anybody knows the answer, to be Tony, Tom. Tony's got the yeah. answer to everything. Mr. <laughs> Science himself. Well, you know, uh, at, at one of our biggest allies in the Senate has been uh, Senator Ron Johnson from Wisconsin. Right. 
he has chaired a couple of committees uh, and uh, and hearings on the uh, the whole pandemic and the and the problem with the vaccines and the, and the mandates and everything. So he's he's one of our very few champions in Congress. I always tell people though, if if uh, big pharma lets us down, it does and wants to continue to put their head in the sand, and if our Congress won't help us out. You, the American citizen, are always the last line of defense. You can say no. You can say, no, I'm not going to take these vaccines. And oh, by the way, I hope you realize that Big Pharma is retooling a lot of their future vaccines using the same mRNA technology, using the same... Yeah, and then they're going to put it in your food system. so you can't avoid it. You either starve or take the clot food, right? Well, Moderna right now is in stage three of a trial to produce a vaccine to combat the RSV virus you know, that strikes young kids and toddlers and old people too. Can you imagine pumping an, an mRNA product into your six month old? You know, they've already got permission now. It's on the vaccine schedule now for children for this COVID shot. Now they're gonna do an, uh, an RSV based vaccine using the same kind of technology. The point I, is, I, ladies I'm and gentlemen, they're parents, going for my broke friends on and this, I know, not, Tom. Yeah, I'm telling them not to get the jab. It's They're going dangerous. for broke on this, ladies and gentlemen. This is serious. Look, we need to know where these fi white fibrous clots are coming from. What creates them? We're seeing this in a significant number, even if there's a few folks that deny and jump to conclusions about one way or the other. Let's ground all information to facts. Let's stick with what Tom started with, the who, what, when, where, why, how discussions. A real journalism of true research investigators of those who really want facts let's stick with the science let's not pretend that science just morphs into political realms and it's you know by guessing by golly as dr bradley would say let's really dig in and get facts on this thing uh, but they're digging in like nobody's business they're forcing this agenda on us and so next hour we're going to have tom stay with us of course the good dr bradley will stay with us as well and we're going to talk about a recently discovered reality by dr robert malone and Dr. Joseph Mercola. I'll tell you about it. We'll dig into that next hour. Ladies and gentlemen, this is serious, serious business. No one's doing the work of accurate reporting like the new media taking center stage, like incredible talk shows, like Mike Lindell's networks and others, Bridie on radio and TV, which we're syndicated on. We're also syndicated on Liberty News Radio, Loving Liberty Radio Networks, and more. Ladies and gentlemen, they used to be able to block us and gatekeep. Not anymore. God save the republic. <laughs>